Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors here at the RFP Free Life Soap. You can check them out today by going to the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the Free Life Soap tab. Get 20% off of your order when you use the promo code RFP, and it is some good stuff. I actually wrote a little song about it. I'm actually working on it, and I just feel really emotional about it. (laughs) But I'll just sing you one line. I used to have body odor, but now I smell nice. It's because of free life soap and that good old pumpkin spice. Nathan Rager's going to love that. Mm. Yes, he is. <laughs> you don't smell like broop. <laughs> I love it. Check out Free Life Soap today. We also want to thank Jay Radio for letting us use the studio there. Nathan using the studio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm flying and, uh, solo, have- man. I don't like being here by myself. I miss it. I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting up in my man cave at our new house in Statesboro looking at you on this rinky-dink mic. It's all good, though. I am so glad that we don't have to wrap up an episode and me hear the two of you talking about going to the Waffle House, (laughs) drinking coffee and eating waffles and having a great time of fellowship while I get in my car and just leave by myself. JC, this is how it feels. Thanks. JC, I literally picked up my phone tonight to text you and say, where are we eating before we record? And I was in the process and I thought, oh, man. He's in Statesboro. Stinks. Dude. Yeah. I never get those texts. <laughs> if <laughs> if it were possible so to meet you there. within 20 minutes, Brian, that would happen every day. Well, I just wish people understood how badly abused I am. <laughs> hey, somebody this week tweeted at us and said, this is what I see JC doing to Brian. Like you were getting ready to work on a rocket or something. And I come up behind you with a bag and blew the bag up. And it said, this is what I pictured JC and Brian doing. I'm always ready to prank you. I just, it's my spiritual gift of love. for Very you, accurate. Yeah, I think you're the only person who treats me like that. So uh, everybody needs one of those in their lives. I could say that the uh, their post was actually accurate. I was building the rocket and you were busting the bag. That's true. <laughs> hey, guys, we had a really big episode last week with Lloyd Legalist. I've got to say my favorite and non account. That was huge. And we've gotten a ton of response out of that. A lot of people listening. It's moving yeah. up the charts, man. That was a solid episode. And I think the only person on the RFP that we've brought back a second time was Phil Kidd. Mm. But we need to tie that with Lloyd Legalist coming back on. Lloyd, Lloyd, welcome back to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. I am breathing rare air now. I am (laughs) with Phil Kidd. Have you ever been compared to Phil Kidd before? Never before at all. And uh, it's an elite group. Welcome. It's elite. Yes. Yeah, it. I feel, man. There's probably needs to be one other person that gets this honor, so there can be a, a holy triumvirate. Actually, you know? I take that back. There is another because we called Nathan Ooh, Rager Nathan on Rager. your episode last week. That's right. You, Phil Kidd, and Nathan Rager, oh, all three, man. the trio, dream team. The Mount Rushmore fundamentalism. <laughs> I like it. Hey, Lloyd, you have every reason to hate our guts. <laughs> Because last week on the episode, you know, you dished out all of that solid truth and that great stuff. 
and then we put you in a category with Phil Kidd and Nathan Ranger. I'm offended for you. (laughs) Someone uh, wrote me and said, I I enjoyed the podcast. I I thought it was odd they brought on Ranger, but that's just me. So I was like, (laughs) hey, look, you want to bring on Ranger anytime you want. That was kind of the point uh, of it. It it was odd. (laughs) Yes. We we embraced that. Yes, I loved it. (laughs) It's It's as odd as the new podcast that he's got out. Oh, does man. he have a podcast? Fundamental Thunder. Oh, I have to watch it. Hey, Fundamental Thunder. <laughs> I only watched a few seconds of it, uh, but they were actually talking about buying clothes from Duluth Trading Company. Yeah. And that would make you more of a man. I just want to know how in the world did Nathan Rager talk Forrest Gump into being his co host? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for Woo! life is like a box of chocolates. I mean, I was yes. waiting. There's so like much modern I day could, Beavis and Butthead. No, dude, <laughs> there's so much I could say about that, but I enjoyed watching it oh, so yes, much. My yes. wife yelled at me from across the house and said, Nathan, what makes you think the rest of us in this house want to listen to Nathan Rager? Please put your headphones in. <laughs> I just love that he posted a picture holding a bottle of Brute. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nathan, by the way, you're not the only one. The other night when I was watching that few seconds of that podcast, my wife looked across the room and she said, Really? That's all she said. (laughs) Hey, Lloyd. Yeah. One of the coolest things about being a pastor is that we we get contacted by some crazy people. I mean, have any of you other guys gotten those phone calls or text messages about just off the wall stuff that, you know, honestly, we probably wouldn't even share with anybody. You just don't know what to say back to them. Has that ever happened to you, Lloyd? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean. Since being Lloyd, you do bring out all kinds. Um, and, and it was a weird combination of events since that. Uh, it started out with uh, people were listening to it and giving me feedback, being very kind and enjoying it. So I began to get this uptick in followers. And I then noticed that it was somebody that if we were naming names from last week was top of the heap bigger i don't know they had retweeted me once before but then they began to follow and they must have been sitting in their home retweeting like three or four retweets and when they followed me they gave me two emojis they gave me the sound with the finger to the lips and the other was the fist bump like oh hey this is between me and you don't embarrass me so uh, i won't mention them but uh after that i got contact from someone that said hey we Uh, You don't know me, but I have some struggles. I I heard the podcast and I wanted to see, do you do any counseling of any sort? And I said, well, I do. Um, I've not done an awful lot long distance, but I have done that. So long, long story short, this guy uh, started to talk to me uh, and to open up about some issues in his life. So Obviously, I'm not going to go into sharing those, but it was a very unique road that this guy was on. Um, And he had said, I tried before with other pastors, even one just recently with some of these issues I'm going through. And I think I just finally didn't hear anything from them. So I kind of weathered that storm with them. 
and we were talking through different issues they were having. And then they said, hey, uh, this isn't the reason I wanted to start their relationship, but I, uh, I am uh, an only child and my father passed away not long ago and I have kind of, I've got all this money, you know, that I've kind of been, I've inherited. And so I'm thinking, well, where's this going? He said, I'd like to be able to gift it to you. And I said, well, I don't think, I don't think that would be appropriate. And we went back and forth. He said, well, what I'd like to do is I would like to, uh, if you ever, have you ever thought of starting your, your own podcast? And I said, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he goes, well, I would like to fully support this for you. And I didn't believe him. I'm thinking it's like the Nigerian emails where, you know, I come into this money, blah, blah, blah. So I have an accountant back in Maryland where I used to live and pastor. I hooked him up with him and he's like, this guy is legitimate and he has a buttload of money. And I think if you want to do this podcast thing, he is looking to just pour money into it. <laughs> so I had to bring on, this is such a weird world, a lawyer. I didn't have one. Of course, he had lawyers. And now it's just been given to me creative space to be just dreaming of what do I want this to look like, a whole network of podcasts. Um, so I, I, he said, I, I, I had given stipulations before to other pastors that I'd like to donate this money. And he said, you know, one of the things I think that turns people off is I have this vision of on their platform, on their stage where they preach three flags. They have the, the Christian flag, the American flag, and the MAGA flag, make America great again. And I want them like waving in the breeze. And I said, well, I guess, I guess I can do this behind me, you know, on the podcast. And, and that's the only, the only prerequisite that I have. So I was flabbergasted. It was weird that he had said, yeah, I had tried to get another pastor to talk to me about these issues, but he just dropped off the face of the earth. And I understand by hearing some of them, but just you never know what's going to happen in this world. It's weird. Brian, so that was Brian, the whole, whole thing. Can you believe any of that, Brian? Can you help him out there? Well, I can say this. Um, there are some people who commit sin that is so bad that they shouldn't be forgiven for it. I think I know this guy's name. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had a serious issue with uh, late at night listening to the wrong kind of music. Well, that's and so... <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I didn't know who the pastor was, but he, he had talked about... Uh, one of his big issues is disco music. Yeah, and, yeah, and the origins yeah. of disco. Yeah, what? Yeah. That. what a coincidence! I didn't know that. That's How weird. in the world? Well, you know, I, I think I know this guy that you're talking about because I actually sent him a really solid answer once to a text message, and then told him about a church planting network. <laughs> yes, but he apparently, mentioned, oh my gosh! Yeah, apparently he was more interesting interested in in podcasting with a bunch of jerks <laughs> oh this man church planting you speak of oh man so you we've got to give a backstory <laughs> we've got to give a backstory to the highest heaven hey hey hey, hey. so you brought this on yourself so when friend. we had the privilege of interviewing lloyd legalist he shared his contact with all of us 
And me and Lloyd and JC and Lloyd have been texting back and forth. And every day he would be like, yes, yeah, so Brian's gaslighting me. He won't answer me. And, and he's emailing and Facebook messaging and, and doing all this stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I guess he just doesn't want to talk to you. I said, but I happen to know his cell phone number. So if you promise to mess with Brian, I'll give you his cell phone number. So we have been dying to find out how this went. So, Lloyd, thank you so much. Yeah, it, here's where it ended. He said, I'm losing my hair and having to comb more of it over, and I really see President Trump as like a role model of sorts, and then nothing. All the communication was dropped after that. So, so Brian, well, we need to know the other side. <clears throat> Brian, from your side, what were you thinking about this crazy guy texting you? <laughs> okay, you guys know that I stay... I stay really busy. And <laughs> this past week, I actually told my wife was one of the worst weeks uh, that I'd had in years. And uh, my wife had gotten on to me because uh, there was a guy who had sent me a prayer request and somehow I didn't see it. In the end, I didn't respond to it. And just to be honest with you guys, he, he passed away. Ooh. So my wife told me, she said, you really need to start responding and taking people seriously when they need help. So I, I saw this text and then I got busy and then I looked back on it before I even opened it. And this guy was dealing with some sin and he was struggling with it. And so with a heart as, as pure as the driven snow <laughs> and as tender as a little ewe lamb laying on a velvet pillow on a starter mattress, a comforter woven by hand by a grandma who, who had all the compassion and the love in the world. I said, you know, if this guy is struggling with sin, I'm going to respond. And so I did. And so this was what I received. I never oh, delete no. text, by the way. Oh, As a no. pastor, I learned years ago not to make that mistake. <laughs> hey, Pastor Brian, I received your number from a member of your church. Can you give me some advice on a sin <laughs> that I've been struggling with? My response, with all the compassion, all the love. Sure. <laughs> I would be glad to help in any way possible. <laughs> so then this is what I received in return. I come from a strict Baptist church background, and sometimes late at night when no one is around, I get tempted to listen to ungodly music. How do I stay away from that and substitute with good Christian music? I am childless and never married. And I'm the heir to a large trust of money. My father bought early stock in Apple. As an only child, I've inherited all of that stock. It is more than I'll ever be able to spend. Do you know of a nonprofit organization where I could donate some of this trust money? Oh, man. So I answer in honesty and humility. Oh, you did. First of all, what are you categorizing as ungodly music? As with every sin, there has to be avoidance. We have to remove the avenues and opportunities to engage that sin. However, with music, that might be difficult. 
since access to music is so easy, but scripture assures us that in every battle against our flesh, it is fought by God's word and through prayer. The apostle Paul said that he had to beat his flesh black and blue to overcome sin. It wasn't that he physically hit himself, but that he did acknowledge that he was at war with his own desire. My goodness. I wish there was a magic recipe to defeating sin, but unfortunately, it's a daily battle. Now, then listen to this, guys, how beautiful this is and how generous this is. As far as nonprofits, I would need to know what you're passionate about. We are planting a lot of churches and care, that are caring for people and giving to missions, and we are desperately in need of help. But listen, guys, this is how pure my heart is. But <laughs> if you have something specific that you're drawn to, I could help direct you toward a good organization. Isn't now, that see, something? What I'm guy. so honest and so pure <laughs> and so right. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was being manipulated <laughs> by such sin. <laughs> uh, Nathan was great because I, I was taking screenshots of what he was writing and sending it to Nathan. And at this point, after... Uh, you wrote that Nathan's like, what did you say, Nathan? Oh, he's got such a good heart or yeah. <laughs> uh, bless his heart or something along those lines. And then I was like, oh, man, I, I told Nathan, I feel like I may be crossing a line here. Uh, am I going to lose a friendship? Because no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for crossing that line. <laughs> More. <laughs> hey, Lloyd, just know if things in your life over the next couple of weeks get extremely bad. <laughs> I'm not praying for the extreme. <laughs> that's, so, so that's God just going. Going above and beyond oh, to guard me. What I love about this whole thing is that Brian hung with you through some really, really dark sin that you were struggling with. But as soon as you got to the MAGA flags on the stage of the church and Donald Trump, yep. Brian yes. dropped you like a hot potato. He never one time responded. <laughs> God and country is going too far for Brian Edwards. That's right. Oh, you man. Can go all these deviant areas that he had mentioned, that's one thing. We'll work through those. God can forgive those. But when you haul the MAGA flag onto your platform, that's it. That's- I cut you off. <laughs> you are not forgiven. Well, I can assure you of this. If I ever receive a text like that, I'm done. I'm just going to send it to Brian. <laughs> yes. Hey, He'll Lloyd. The filter from now on. Lloyd, here's the great thing. I really, really, really love you. And that covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping so. Because oh, Nathan man. can attest that I was like, I don't know him well enough. Am I going to pay for this later? Oh, no, no. He's got a great sense of humor. Keep it up. Love it. So, Nathan, uh, thank you so uh, much. That's how much I love you, Brian. You are you're my bud, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank. Oh, thank you. I feel and so you thought I right was now. the only one that pranked you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I knew it. I knew it. That's why we did this later. <laughs> JC, you're you're looking so much better oh, right thank now. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> man. Jeez, I think kid. I think yeah, people yeah. are so lost right now. This is the longest intro we've ever done. But hey, guys, I, I think we should probably go ahead and get this show started. What do you think, JC? I All think right. it'll be a good idea. Let's go. Three.
You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Brian, Nathan, and JC, coming to you live from Danville, Virginia, Statesboro, Georgia, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we are all spread out all over the country, boys, but we're making this happen. The RFP will survive. Amen. Hey, let me ask you this. What can last longer than a Faith Baptist camp offering and a Dean McNeese message all in the same service? Well, a container home from podlife.house can. Whether you need adorable or want affordable, let the team at podlife.house design you an eco-friendly pod home for your guest house, second house, or for the offended husband, maybe a dog house. Visit them online at podlife.house and start designing your own space and view pre-built models that are currently available. It's podlife.house. Well, gentlemen, how are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. I got my belly full of barbecue and Brunswick stew and baked beans. I mean, what's better fall of the year than Brunswick stew and barbecue all in the same meal? Man, that sounds incredible. I haven't had any Brunswick stew yet, but it's getting that season. I don't know if I've ever had Brunswick stew now that I think about it. What? What's the difference of Brunswick stew and beef stew? Oh, man, Brunswick stew is cooked in a huge, huge pot for hours and hours and hours and all the meat in it, the beef and the chicken and all that gets tender and the corn and the lima beans and it, it gets really thick and uh, you eat it with some saltine crackers and every time you swallow, you just feel the love. The best bowl of Brunswick stew I've ever had was at Rendezvous in Memphis, Tennessee. That place is historic and it's worth the drive. If anybody around the country knows where there's a better bowl of Brunswick stew, I want to hear about it. I'm going to try it out. I had lunch last week before we left to head here to Statesboro with uh, John Thatcher. He used to own Thatcher's Barbecue here in yeah. this, this the Chattanooga area. And uh, I've been trying to talk him into moving down here to Statesboro and starting a barbecue joint right here at Georgia Southern Man. Call it Johnny T's or something like that. That boy, he's got a sandwich called the Man of Smoke. I'm telling you, boys, it's brisket. And it would you set it on your head, your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get to it. It's that good. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So it does feel like fall outside, I'm sure, in some areas. What's the temperature up there in Danville, Virginia, Brian? Right now, I think it's about 48 degrees, and the breeze is blowing. My goodness. I saw you come on here with a cardigan and a jacket and a vest. You all bundled up like it's nice and cold. I was sitting on the beach today. Well, it was 80 degrees here yesterday. 80 degrees. I was doing an outdoor wedding. Everybody was hot and sweaty in their suits and everything. And then the temperature dropped 30 degrees overnight. My goodness. Wow. That's unbelievable. What's the temperature in Chattanooga? It's 64 degrees in Chattanooga. And JC, I just have to say, man, I was so jealous today when I saw you and your kids playing on the beach. Dude, that's a huge perk of living in Statesboro. What's it, about 40 minutes to the beach for you? 45 minutes, we are sitting on the beach in Tybee Island, and That's... it was absolutely incredible. We're moved into the house here. The The thing that I can't stand that everybody told me about these gnats, there are gnats everywhere down here. My goodness, yeah. they're in your ears. They're in your eyes. They're going up your nose. They don't, they're relentless, man. If I owned Savannah, Georgia, I would sell it to somebody at a really great price. <laughs> 
Speaking of Nats and something that may be annoying, we've been talking about Anon accounts all month long, and I'm sure to some, they're like those Nats, but to us, we absolutely love them, and we have had the wrestling pastor, we've had fake sermon, we've had Lloyd Legalist. Tonight on the episode, we have the pastor of the No Hope Independent Baptist Church in Bitter End, Tennessee, loving the flock and tightening the Bible belt, just trying to share what's on his blessed God heart. It is the loving pastor. Welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Making my way through Twitter today takes everything I've got. I've got some guys who hate my guts, and it really hurts a lot. Sometimes I want to get away. I'm just anonymous, and everybody wants to know my name. Because I'm always playing games. I want to be a love pastor, post lots of funny clips. I'm anonymous, and everybody wants to know my name. Outstanding, outstanding. I'm going to tell you this. We've had all of those other Anon, Anon accounts. (laughs) JC, Nathan, you guys have converted me. I'm just going to change the way I've been saying it. And then. (laughs) But we've had all of those other guys, and not one of them brought a song like that for the episode. So you have taken everything already to the next level. And I think if you kicked off a Piggly Wiggly revival service with that song, you would be under the spout where the glory comes out. Well, speaking of the spout where the glory comes out. God's people are dead and full of sin. They wonder why they can't feel him. They're not under the spout. Hallelujah. Where the glory comes out. If they would just turn on Facebook Live, they'd find the place where God abides. It's under the spout. Where the glory comes out. Get under the spout. Where the glory comes out. Let it flood all your soul. Till you lose all control, <laughs> you'll run and you'll shout. Amen. Then there'll be no doubt. You've been under the spell where the glory comes out. Somebody. Amen, amen. Somebody just got saved right now. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm hoping it was you, JC. It was, it was. (laughs) I'm wondering if this can be like a musical tonight where everything he says is a song. That would be incredible. (laughs) Y'all are putting too much pressure on me. I've got a big arsenal, but I can't pull them all out that quick. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, right off the bat, just let us know, you know, not who you are, but kind of why you started the Twitter handle, The Loving Pastor and uh, kind of 
where that was born out of? It originally started with the idea or from real life. Everything we try to, or I try to post is from what you see on social media. Yeah. So uh, when it first started, it was kind of texting back and forth. You got to remember this was, I don't know, the end of 2016 or 17. I can't remember what year the account started, but you know, if you've seen something silly online, you kind of just had to text your friend about it, screenshot it, or you sent a link to a video. But loving pastor idea came from seeing pastors who would be get on Facebook on say Sunday afternoon and be like, Oh gee, thanks a lot for everybody who showed this morning. The offering was terrible. We'll see y'all Sunday night. We love you. I mean, it was like this is funny, you know. Or or the you'd see a preacher get on there and he would say, "My car's got two hundred fifty thousand miles. The parsonage basement leaks. I'm just so thankful to be y'all's pastor." And it was like he was jabbing at his congregation, you know. And we're sitting there, but he's being real about yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He wasn't being fake and. And so I just kind of took those ideas and a loving pastor originally was just those kind of things, you know, like just sarcastically taking a viewpoint of a pastor who was taking jabs at his people on social media. When you stumbled across Tyler Golden, I think that's his name. Yeah. Blowing that shofar. (laughs) So good. Man, you had to bust a gut because you've used that a lot and it just kind of always fits wherever you put it. But I mean, that kind of stuff is just absolutely brilliant. The, uh, the Tyler Golden play in the show far, I, I consider that my breakthrough moment. You know, that was when, <laughs> when, you know, you're doing a work for the Lord, but you never get settled and you get peace or that breakthrough that they claim you get. And, that day when I was watching it, he lifts that shofar, and I could feel the glory falling. I mean, it just fell right into my lap. Just It was there. He, when he blowed that thing so eloquently, it just sealed the future of the loving pastor because you can basically just – I could post that today, and it get 500 views regardless, and they've seen it a million times. <laughs> but you can just reply to anything with that shofar blow, and I'm thankful for it. I don't want to take little things for granted. That, that was a big that was a big part of the love and pastor success. What I love is at the end of quarantine, kind of when churches were starting to get back to parking lots, you you started adding in the horns hawking with the shofar, and oh, it just man. took it to a whole nother level. Oh, man. That was great. I mean, because you think, you got to think, when in the history of church, if, if any of us would have been acceptable to be like blowing a car horn. You know the IFB guys would have preached the living daylight. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Who do they think they are out there? Which Phil Kidd did blast them pretty good. But, uh, you know, to think that would be almost disrespectful to blow horns and honk horns. And then when they went outside, they just went nuts with it. And you couldn't understand what the preacher was saying or anything that was going on. And you could basically just get on Facebook and just scroll through and find 30 churches doing it. I mean, you know, blowing the horns. So, and I just started thinking, that'd be hilarious if it was just in the service, like somebody was back there with a car horn and just blowing it every time. So I'm trying to keep that alive through the through the future as we go back indoors. So yeah, I've noticed you've got quite a few clips of Phil on there. He's a favorite of uh, fans of the RFP, and he's been on here for two episodes. We've had his son on for an episode. So do you know Phil, or have you been around him, or is just is he just an easy target? Uh, I have never met Phil, 
I have met his son, but he don't know that I've met him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's always fun when you're in the building with people you posted and they don't know it's you. But it, either way, um, no, I did not actually had never even heard the name Phil Kid till I started the Love and Pastor. That's oh, how wow. far disconnected I am from actually being IFB. Um, I maybe had heard it, but definitely never, never heard preaching like that. And whenever, um, you know, I started clipping things. Of course, people sent me, uh, and friends did too, sent me links to some of the stuff that, that he was doing. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy pickings because you can just <laughs> scroll through there and every 10 minutes get something great to post. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. if we've learned anything from a non-October, we've learned that you basement dwellers feed off of each other and y'all send each other things and watch each other's accounts. So, I mean, come on. You, you got to keep the gutter sniping up to a high level. Well, you know, and I, I wanted to bring that's a good time to bring that up is I've been I have been called a liar. Um, I've been threatened. I've been threatened with a lawsuit. I've been challenged on my salvation. I mean, all kinds of things, you know, just people just they'll hop on there. See one clip. I mean, they don't know the entirety of the account. It's just like they'll say, well, well, you're just picking a, a preacher and you're just picking a spot and pulling it out of context. And I'm like, well, you're just hopping on here and picking one video because I posted a guy that you like. I mean, mm. it's someone that you you like and so it offends you. So you, you're calling me, you call me a liar. You call me all kinds of things. And I've never lied about anybody on there. That's the odd thing about all this video posting is it is those guys' words yep. yeah. that that offends them. I mean, it don't. It makes no sense to me. Now, I have clips, and I used to do a ton of them, where I'd cut up stuff. I'd take somebody saying one thing, you know, like I've got that one where Tyler Gordon says, "I don't owe you anything, Phil," and I've got Phil Kid coming back and saying, "You sorry sucker, you, you know, <laughs> whatever. You're you're all non men, you know, in a surgical way or whatever, and whatever it may be." And that's just for fun. You know, I'm not, you can obviously tell that I'm not taking a jab at anybody or, or anything like that. But, you know, the entirety of the account, if you're following the account, you see that it's not, I don't just randomly pull something just to like, you know, I generally think it's something funny or I have a huge problem theologically with what they said. Mm. That's kind of where I go with that. Well, you've got one guy that you feature kind of frequently and, um, it's actually my favorite tweet that you've ever done. I've sent this to so many people, and I'm going to play it uh, for our audience. I was I was looking through your account one night, and I love this guy when you post his video clips. And so I kind of scroll through sometimes and look for him. And uh, you had actually posted this clip, and I can honestly say, Nathan J.C., I had tears pouring down my face. I was laughing so hard. And so I want everybody to listen to this clip. Uh, I don't even know who this guy is, but he's a hoot. I'll tell you that. So check this out. Who placed you into a position in the church. Hallelujah. And your mama Jack, you want to go right along with you? <laughs> Just seeing everybody. They probably fall to the devil like you do. Uh-huh. You're not a Christian. Just 
<laughs> so, so, so anyway, so the whole video clip is hilarious. But when he gets to the end and he's trying to speak in tongues like slowly and make it, you know, I guess really impactful. Um, LP, I got to be honest with you, man. I totally, completely lost it. Like I was, this never happens to me. Like I'm a fairly composed person. I was rolling around laughing. Where did you find this guy? This guy, uh, when I found him, I mean, I knew it was a jewel. I mean, just like <laughs> another one of those shofar moments where you just said, this is, this is God doing the work right here because, I mean, he, he posted at least three videos a day, average, and that's his, he thinks his ministry. Wow. And he, he's originally called the closet preacher because he preaches in his bedroom closet. And that's, and I'm talking, I've got stuff that I've never posted to him that would absolutely, y'all would, if that got you, some of this other stuff would really get you. <laughs> I know I'm teasing everybody, but honestly, <laughs> it's stuff that's just great. All right. Well, if you've got more stuff, you need to put it out there because you're anonymous after all. See, now us three, people know who we are, so we can't put it out there. But but I'm telling you, the world needs <laughs> that content. He has been one of my most requested uh, char- characters. Well, he's a real person. He's not a character, but the character that he brings out on Facebook Live, people really – I've had more messages asking who he was than uh, probably anybody else. Speaking of characters, one of them that you post quite a bit of is Nathan's buddy, old Andrew Sluter. And uh, just wondering, kind of, you know, what, what, what do you find the content for your, like, the tweets that you put out? Because I noticed some the other day, you put some of Sluter, but then you'll get on, like, a Southern Gospel kick. Like, you put on Ernie Haas and Signature Sound when it was obviously Legacy 5 the other day. <laughs> you know, getting in and changing the names up. Do you do that just to get a row out of people? Oh, well, I mean, I do it because I think it's just funny. Yeah. All this is, and like when you talk to North Burst, same way, our our idea of funny is um, things, when you think about something, just like, what if I was at a concert and listened to them <laughs> and I walked outside and walked up to them and I was like, I loved y'all, y'all were great, and called them by the wrong name. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. And then to think, you know, I got corrected on that, like, I did it I three or four that. days in a row, and somebody corrected me every time. I and saw I was it. Like, Y'all do know I'm playing. I'm I'm messing with y'all. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand how Anon accounts work. Like, I've actually seen people being so serious. One of the funniest things ever, are you familiar with the Babylon Bee? Yeah. Okay, the Babylon Bee is hilarious. Do you guys remember when they posted the picture uh, that Elevation Church had installed a water slide and people were losing their minds. Oh yeah. Like, you know, the, they'll do anything to get people they'll, Wait, as that, if it were real. That wasn't, that wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like your uh, question about misnaming gospel groups that people would know for sure. I mean, they're like, how does he not know that's not legacy five or that's, you know, but it's the imagination of that stuff, like sitting in a service and thinking, Man, that would be hilarious if the preacher got up and called on the wrong thing. And I have that—that's my mind is my sense of comedy messed up. It'd be the same way, just like if I was to offer you guys. I've been concerned about how you guys have strayed from the old paths, you know. And I kind of come to y'all and I said, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm gonna come around and play something softly. And I went. 
I said. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Every head bowed low. Every eye is closed. <laughs> no one looking around. <laughs> so that's my sense that's of song. Awesome. That's awesome. Like, what if the guy got up and he went something you know stupid like that's hilarious? Does the invitation still work at that point? Because he is playing something softly, you know. <laughs> would, would that be okay? Or if he was singing a little bit, you know, more modern stuff? But that's just that's just my sense of humor, and people get it, people don't. And people dislike me for it, and people like me for it. So, I mean, well, take us to the beginning of where the Piggly Wiggly revival came yeah. from. Oh man, that was a, a glorious day on Twitter because uh, me, I believe it was me, Bible Belt satire, maybe Rapture, Ready Man of God. I think Northwest was involved. Uh, there was a few other ones. I can't remember everybody's name right now, but. Uh, I think we was handing out tracks down to the local Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Sister Karen or someone had went down toward to get the Welch's grape juice and she knocked a bottle over. As soon as it hit the ground, started pouring out, you could feel the spirit falling. And it was, I think it was aisle 17 where it was. And uh, as, soon as, as soon as that happened, you know, we had guys taking laps and running around, shouting and doing all the good stuff. And, we decided we'd just come back there and meet again, you know, because you go back and do the exact same thing you did before, <laughs> if that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Go back and repeat the method because that's how God works the same way every time. So it just started what you call breaking through, I guess. <laughs> and we had, uh, we had a number of cashiers get right. We had some girls up there with nose rings and different things. And they donated them to the Lord's work. They got rid of them, <laughs> sold them, gave the money to the, to the pig. And then uh, we had a couple butchers that had been drinking and different things, and they got rid of their beer and wine. And I think we went outside later on that night and burnt a bunch of records and tapes of uh, Metallica, mm. Def Leppard, and stuff like that. And then wasn't long before Little Debbie got involved with it and set up a cardboard altar down there about aisle 17. We just took every aspect you could imagine, and the revival's been going strong now for three years. Uh, good offerings, good attendance. <laughs> been able to purchase new shopping carts. We put in LED lights all through the, the stores. Uh, oh, yeah. We require no mask. We're all Republicans. We love God and America as a whole. <laughs> it's the best revival you ever attend. Man, as long as you bring a good offering, you can come every night. That's the way we look at it. Man, that is so funny. But you know what? That really does sound like an independent Baptist. It does. Glory land right there. That You just painted the promised land. <laughs> well, this past week, um, I was watching some clips online, and I saw where you know John Hamblin was talking about revival breaking out. What does that even mean? Like, is revival like pin up somewhere, and if you do just the right thing, that it's almost like a prison cell and revival comes breaking out of the prison. I mean, where does that terminology even come from? Well, I, I mean, my personal opinion is that it, it is a real thing. I mean, as far as people get away from God and come closer to him, I, you know, I don't know how all that is explained out, but 
the way they make it sound so conditional, I mean, and I, I know there are conditions that God lays out conditions for his people and for our spiritual walk, but the things that they, like you were saying, the things that they think that you will see visually, there's no formula for that. I mean, it's just whatever they tell you that it's going to look like, you know, it's going to look like this and this is going to happen, but I don't know where they get that from. You know, it's mostly based off an emotional or a physical thing you see someone do like, Oh, we had two services where the altars were full. Somebody carried the flags. Somebody ran around the building. We're on the verge of revival. And it has nothing to do with anybody really getting closer to God or even reading their Bible. It has just feelings and things that Mm. promote that. My opinion, you know, that's, again, I'm not taking away from what God prescribes for us to do or the way we are to live or to draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to us. But because I do believe those things, but I just don't, like you're saying, I don't think the formula that they're putting out there, I think it's more of a gimmick you can just, what is it, that IFB Sasquatch or thing that was said by Preacher Clips? It's always something out there, and they'll yeah. know it when they see it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've traveled around. You have, too. I know all you guys have revival after revival, and it's the same thing. I'm not saying we need to neglect preaching and meeting together, but what what are we doing a lot of times other than just a scheduled meeting? You know, I don't I don't understand some of those things. Yeah, emotionalism and manipulation is a real problem. And if anyone has come up around the camp meeting culture or the revival culture, you've seen that. I have seen some real moves of God in my life, but it's not something that was manufactured. And you're obviously a hilarious guy. Your account is hilarious. The songs you sang are hilarious. But is there something a little bit deeper behind what you're doing that maybe wants to point out some of the flaws so that people can get back to truly seeking God? I don't know. Uh, as silly and stupid as I am on there, I don't really know that I've got a a goal in that area. I think at times I've posted things that I would like people to actually see the truth behind it, the manipulation, like you just mentioned, like, look what this guy said here versus what he's doing right here. You know, I'm going to show you, this is not anything, but what he said and what he's doing, you know, he said this and now he's doing that. I honestly, I don't have a lot of, I guess, hope that people in that frame of mind actually change from seeing anything I post. I don't, I think those people are really ingrained and it takes God doing something miraculous for them. I'm not saying they're lost. I'm just saying there has to be something that really hits home. And that's the way it was for me. I mean, something really hits home and you look at it and you go, this ain't right. We got to do something Hmm. different. We don't have to be like every other church, but something's got to change here. Hmm. And I'm afraid most of those people in those circles are not looking to change at all. So one of the things I think, uh, that's behind modern revivalism. I see a lot of these guys, they just don't have any additional revival meetings booked. And so they carry it week after week after week after week in order to get a paycheck because it's always funny. The revival miraculously ends when they have the next really big meeting to go to. And so they literally drag this thing out. And I'm I'm looking from the outside like you thinking, how do people not see this? And 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 where is there a biblical calling for a guy to have about seven to ten sermons 
that he preaches and you get to go to different churches and preach those sermons. You get to stay up at the Waffle House to, till 2 a.m. every morning telling jokes with the other pastors. You play golf about four or five days a week because you don't have to study because you're going to preach one of those same sermons. And then, you know, you always get to uh, get taken to whatever restaurant you want to eat at for dinner and people cater to you and and, and you've got your jokes down pat, and you've got your sermon down pat, where is that biblical calling? Because when the Bible says, do the work of an evangelist, the people that were given that command were suffering to advance the gospel. The people who were given that command died advancing the gospel. I just want to know where there's this biblical command where a guy can have a loving personal relationship with every buffet in town, and then he gets paid tons of money to play golf and preach the same seven to ten sermons. I, I just don't know how people don't look at that and say, this is a fraud. It's ridiculous. And you can always tell the Knights when they don't have any additional sermons, they need to watch Jensen Franklin some more so they can get some more content because they always get up that night and the big preacher just happens to move and the big preacher just happens to preach that night. and they sing, you know, uh, the same song over and over again and make emotional appeals to the altar fills up. And then they make this statement like God really showed up. Brian. I don't see how people don't see that. Woo. Brian is on fire. <laughs> that is what Y'all we call that? that is what we call an Easter egg that is tucked away in a non-October. Woo. Brian just went off on the revival culture. Good. That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> It's just the truth. That needs a song or something. Uh, do you have I mean, a? Do you have a? Have one do you have an invitation for song one. for us? I mean, come on, you gotta have something. <laughs> well, I, I gave you the Floyd Kramer, and nobody moved, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last dance. You have to play it thirty more day. times, and then it'll work. Yeah, let me give you another one. <laughs> who's 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 uh? I gotta look around and see who looks nervous. Who's gripping the pew, and then we'll work on you a little bit. Well, by the way, I'm not saying that to be cruel. But I lived that. I saw the emotionalism firsthand. And, and let me just say this. Had revival broken out, those men would have stayed at that place and prayed and earnestly sought God's face. They wouldn't have gotten everybody together who was going in a group to make it to Ryan's before they closed. Or they wouldn't have been getting everybody together to hurry up and just go to the Waffle House so they could tell the best new racial jokes they had heard. I'm sorry, but that's not revival. Whew. You know, Brian, I believe in what you're saying is so true, and it happens a lot. Um, back a couple years ago, there was a big revival that was happening there in North Carolina, and uh, there was there was coming up another event that was to take place in Tennessee. And I, I woke up about 2.30 in the morning, and I was very strongly considering giving this man that was in charge of this revival a call or a text and felt like I needed to. And so I did. I texted him. It's 2.30 in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. I can't remember what it was. And I just said something along the lines of, hey, I just really feel like right now, if this is God moving, if this is a revival, if this is a true work of God, then don't press pause. There are 
800 other pastors that can step in and fill that pulpit while you go and do this other event that's happening in Tennessee. Let the move of God continue to move if it really is what you're saying that it is. The next day, the, the text I got back said, I received that. I was like, okay. I went to sleep, didn't think anything about it. The text I got back the next day, or not the text, but the thing that I seen the next day is, hey, we're pressing pause on this revival to go and do this meeting in Tennessee. We'll pick it back up here after this event in Tennessee is over. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. It was exactly what you just said. It's my show. It's my event. It's my thing. It doesn't matter what your calling is or what your anointing is. This is mine, and I'm going to run with that. And I got rebuked. (laughs) There were some pastors that called me and said, how dare you come against that? How dare you say that to the MOG? And I felt very strongly because that's along the lines of what you just said, Brian, is is we treat this like a revival business. Mm. You know, JC, that's true. It's sad, but true. Uh, You know, here's, here's the reality. If all of us put ourselves in the proper context, God doesn't need any of us. Yeah. God is so much bigger than any of us. You know, one day we will die and the work of God will not cease even for a moment. Uh, The work of God will not spiral downward if our voice is not a part of the conversation. And so I think a lot of times we miss God because we're too focused on man. Uh, LP, what do you think about that? And what, what do you see in that? And, and to what extent has your account exposed that? I would say that my account has done a lot of exposure to said meeting um, because it was really a catalyst to the account changing lanes it was running. Um, so at that time, like I said, originally Love and Pastor was just silliness like, uh, you know, <clears throat> my car, thank you to the church for pastor appreciation. I'm going to love that $10 gas card to Walmart, you know, whatever. <laughs> so there was that kind of silly stuff. <laughs> Along about that time was when the first edition of iOS that had screen capture come out. And so that allowed you to be watching something and record it. So you didn't have to send links to each other, like go to this YouTube video or this Facebook video and scroll ahead and what, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a long time as that uh, meeting was going on, I was watching it. It was being pushed on social media. No, but I went, didn't go looking for it, but I go watching and I'm seeing the skits play out on stage. Um, supposedly, it's supposed to be a fundamental old paths, old time. And here we've got, the devil playing chess with people, <laughs> fake guns, fake beer. And something inside of me just cringed. I mean, absolutely cringed. And I'm not against, you know, Baptists. They, we always love to do plays once a year or twice, Easter and Christmas. That's when it's okay, but the rest of the time we're going to preach against it, right? That's kind of the way that it goes. But when I would see those things, it would just, like it hurt, but it, it was also scary thinking people were, thinking they were hearing the gospel and that's not the gospel that's Mm. man-made things that they're doing to push especially youth but to push people to scare them into professions Mm -hmm. Uh, that's my opinion you know i'm not and so of course when i started posting that stuff it got tons of hate mail i mean just people like how dare you like you said who do you think you are questioning god to move it and i'm like 
does anybody look at anything beyond what they see on these screens? I mean, do they do they know what's going on? Do they know things that are happening? You know, I mean, not that I know it all, but I know enough from what I've been around to know what you see produced out there is not always the case mm-hmm. of what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think them men should be. I don't hold them to know a preacher to a perfect level he's not a perfect man he's just a man called that god's going to use but that being said when you start going outside of preaching the word to manipulate people i get i have a huge problem with that lp can i ask you a question sure do you care about the spread of the gospel sure that's my calling as a christian i mean we're to we're to be about sharing the gospel with everyone we do. I fell miserably at it. I would be the first to admit. Um, but I love to hear the gospel preached. I need to hear the gospel preached. It's not just for the lost man. It's for every man. And uh, I believe that the gospel is more than handing out tracts. I believe it's more than just asking someone to come to church. I think that that's um, just our cop-outs of how we count numbers and how we put things up like, for our evidence on social media that we did something. We handed out 230 tracks today. <laughs> but we need to live the gospel mm, to amen. be preaching the gospel. I mean, we need to be doing that. And a lot of times I know people said, people have always said, you know, you're the only Bible someone may ever read. And that is true to an extent, workplace and things like that. But we need to go beyond that sometimes and, and actually share the good news, the gospel mm. with people. <clears throat> I believe that's the only way that's the only hope for man it's the only hope for anybody and like i told you guys i'm not an ifb guy i am not <clears throat> i wasn't raised in it I have a lot of ifb tendencies but i'm not um unlike or you guys the recovering fundamentalist i know y'all get jabbed at for that but mm. i feel like there was just a point when the type of things i was around became unexplainable to me that i just stepped away mm-hmm. especially when i have when my kids were born and I've told some of my friends this. I said, do you remember riding home with mom and dad from a service? And they say, now, so-and-so tonight was a little out of line when they did this, or they said that, or they did this in service. And I said, you know, they were taking time to try to correct that to mm-hmm. us or try to give us discernment. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just made the choice that I didn't want my kid, I didn't want to have to even try to fix that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just stepping away from it. Now, if you want to do that, I don't, I mean, that's your business. I'm not against worshiping in that manner. I don't think there, I think someone shouting is fine. I don't, I mean, I don't have an issue with that and getting excited. I don't have an issue with that either. But if you come in there and work a service to that angle, then I have a problem with it. And I've been around it enough and enough meetings. Now you can tell immediately, like Brian was talking about, you can tell, and, and church congregations become adapt to their pastor doing that. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's moving this way, so if we go to the altar now, then if we can stretch this to 11.45 or 11.50, then he'll probably not even preach. And then the preacher's up there, well, if one more come to the altar, let's sing another verse. And I know that that sounds shallow, but if people knew that's the truth behind a lot of the stuff that, that they claim is the Spirit of God moving, and it's not really the Spirit of God. It's mm. more flesh than it is anything. That's Again, I'll probably get a ton of hate mail for saying that, but that's my opinion of it because I've seen it. I want to ask you guys a question because all three of you have had a lot of experience with the camp meeting culture and revivalism. 
Uh, James chapter 3, verse 1 says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. That has been something that has always been sobering for me, and I think anybody else who is a pastor. But I think there's a lot of people in the congregations of these camp meetings and these revivals and these churches where this manipulation is practiced that are sincere and that God has helped them and God has done a work in their life. And a lot of people that are shouting, a lot of people that are going to the altar, there is a genuine move in their heart. They've heard something. God has spoken to them. Something's going on in their life outside of the walls of the church. And real things happen in their heart. And I understand people that send us message messages and they're they're hurt a little bit that we're talking about certain preachers or pastors or tent meetings or or whatever. But I do think the truth is that these men of God are held to a higher standard. And if there's a lack of integrity and they are practicing manipulation and they're working things up, they're going to have to answer to that. Yes, God can work and move in the lives of people that are there. He's done it in my life through imperfect men. But as a pastor, it makes me tremble to think that I'm held accountable for the words I say and the tactics that I use. Nathan, it's really odd that you would bring that verse up. I actually had a conversation with a younger preacher just today And I told him, that's a verse I wish weren't in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I wish it weren't there. It is there, which leads me to the second phase of my answer. I wish I'd never read it. (laughs) I wish it weren't there because it is there. I wish I'd never read it because once you receive truth, you're responsible Mm -hmm. for that truth. You're no longer ignorant. And for years and years and years, as a pastor, I sinned against that verse. Mm. I preached with the thought in mind, the driving force behind my preaching was, how is the audience going to respond? Mm. When I would study, I wouldn't study thinking, is God going to be glorified? Mm. Is God going to be satisfied with the way I've revealed his son to these people. Is the gospel going to saturate the hearts and the lives of the people that have been under the sound of my voice? I would study, and this is what I would think, Nathan, and this is to my shame. I would think if I tell this story, they're going to cry. If I close with this illustration and I move into the invitation like this, more people are going to come to the altar. I preached with that thought in mind. And now there's nothing I can do to go back and and regain that time. And so, yes, that verse is an incredible weight. I feel the extreme weight of that. And and while we are held accountable, we're, we're held to a higher level. I'm thankful for God's grace because we preach yeah. God's grace to other people. And that grace has to apply to us. And as I hear you sharing that, I want to extend that to you because, man, we've all done stupid things as a pastor. And our flesh is more of a part of all of our ministries than we would like to admit. I had a conversation with an independent Baptist young Bible school student this week 
long conversation. I can't mention his name because he's still wrapped up in that world, but God's beginning to open his eyes. And I just shared my heart with him and shared my story with him. And I told him what studying for a sermon looked like for me for years was I would pray and decide what topic I wanted to talk about. Then I would go find a verse to back that up and use the verse as a springboard. And I explained in much more detail the process of preaching. And there was a moment where he was just silent and he goes, Nathan, you just described every sermon I've ever preached in my life. And I said, well, I just described every sermon I preached up to a certain stage until I knew better. And then I was accountable to know I'm called to to unfold God's word to God's people. And there was a real powerful moment where this young preacher boy was just called to do something greater, to bring people to God's word and feed them from God's own word, not his ideas. At times we address things on this podcast, they're going to make people think about, oh, they're talking about this pastor, or this is the exact evangelist they're talking about. And I just want to say to everybody, uh, I don't know of a pastor who's been more sinful than I have. Mm. Yeah, I am more aware of my sins than anyone else's. I battle every single day of my life the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every single day, I'm brought face-to-face with the reality that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 7, oh, wretched Mm. man that I am. Mm. And so we'll never address anyone's issue that I believe is any greater than the issues that exist in my own life. But we need to be open and confess those things. I mean, let's just be honest about who we are and what we wrestle with and the failures we've made. And I would love to see some of the things that we address. I would love to see that lead to some guys saying, hey, you know what? I've been guilty. LP, when when you post things on your Twitter account and it addresses the sins that we all know exist, I wish guys would just be honest and say, you know, yeah. you're right. Yeah. That's me. Uh, so much of what I've preached in my life was so stupid and ridiculous. I will apologize mm. to infinity for it. You know, Brian, along those lines, that's that's been something that has been really on my mind this last week. We got asked last week if we would do an intro video with some of the stuff that we've said when we were in the IFB, some of the crazy things we talked about. We hit on it the last episode a little bit about putting it in the intro. And I, man, I got guilty of some. I started thinking back to some of the messages that I've preached, some of the closings like you just talked about, Nathan. And, you know, I saw somebody on Twitter this week said, hey, what's your scare? Maybe it was you, LP that posted what's your scariest invitation that you've ever heard since it's Halloween that may have been Northworth that posted that uh, but just to see the folks posting that the kid that sat in the back and he left and he got hit by a dump truck and died and his soul went to hell we've all heard stories like that and I, I'm guilty of closing out sermons in certain ways just like Brian just like Nathan that we've all said and that that's the reason we started this podcast it is because we want to help encourage and challenge and when we say challenge it's not just to drive a wedge between the church and the people that are preaching things it's to challenge the guys that are still preaching to take the verse that Nathan just read and realize that our words can be alarmingly dangerous mm. and we need to be held accountable that, that we're we're doing this not just to call 
roll out because people see the name of the podcast and think that we just want to just bash Christians and bash churches. And that's all we're here to do. We're putting our faces and our names out there to say, hey, we want to help you. We want to encourage you, but we also want to challenge you that you're going down this way, but to change, that there can be hope, that that grace is extended, thankfully, because all three of us have preached some pretty crappy messages that have had some horrible stuff said in them that we're guilty of preaching in the flesh and not the word of God. I'm guilty of that. I'm Brian, according to what you just said, you're guilty of that. Nathan, you are too. And so where we are, I, I wish that what I feel like we're doing is drawing a line in the sand and saying, guys, we've got to come to a place where we stop doing what makes us feel good and start doing the things that God has called us to do. And here's one thing I would love to see in the independent fundamental Baptist movement is for guys in the movement to start calling things out within the movement because they'll listen to you a lot more than they will listen to us. What I saw when I was at camp meetings and in the revival culture What I saw was men tickling people's ears. There's that verse in the Bible. They use that in the context of, oh, you don't preach against sin. You don't do this. But let me ask what tickling ears would be defined as at a meeting where everybody is an independent, fundamental, can't meet in Baptist. I believe tickling ears would be saying what they want to hear, which is the standards and this and that and the other. And if there are real men of God in this movement, they need to preach against the sins of the people that are at those camp meetings. They need to address the things within their own movement that they know are wrong and their own Mm. sins. Stand up and repent of them publicly and allow God to use your humility and your integrity and your honesty and openness to challenge other people to yeah. come to repentance. But I haven't seen a whole lot of that. What I've seen at camp meetings is they preach against everybody else's sins and everybody's yelling and hooting and hollering about all these sins they're naming. That's wrong. Because yeah. let him without sin cast the first stone. Everybody that's in that room struggles with sins, but they can hoop and holler and shout because nobody's mentioning their particular brand of sin. I, I couldn't agree more, Nathan. That was an incredible statement. You haven't been talking as much this episode, and I'll see what you've been doing. You've been over there loading the gun, so when you fired, it would be a, it'd be fired right. Um, LP, if you could make a statement about truth and a statement about what you would love to see happen um, in the church, what would be your challenge? What would be your gospel statement? What would be uh, your invitation I mean, in general, as far as uh, churches that or church bodies like that I've posted or you've seen on my page, I would love for them to show a desire to embrace truth over tradition. Mm. And then on the other, on in the same hand, for them to take serious, like we talked about the gospel earlier, to actually take serious what each person being a Christian should be doing. Um, that means I think that a lot of these churches, people go through the motions, like you get saved before you're 10, you go through them, you get baptized, you have your wild spells through the late teens, you come back to God when you get married, then you bring your kids to church and they just go through the motions. There's no actual 
commitment to studying the word or being discipled themselves or discipling anybody else. I mean, they don't, and you saying like I made the post this morning, come to church, find your Bible from wherever you left it last Sunday, because I know <laughs> lots of people in those situations, they never pick a Bible back up, but they would be willing to fight you if you said anything about a 16, not using a 1611. Mm. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I think that yep. the traditional value and you'll find that a lot of it is based off family. I mean, their loyal their loyalty was talked about. I think in one of your Phil Kid episodes, where uh, I think maybe Paul talked about how his dad was loyal. Phil was loyal to people, and you know, if you would be loyal to me, I'll be lo- loyal to you. And that's a good quality trait. But their loyalty outweighs the gospel to people in churches, you know, or preachers especially. I know this, you know, I know this guy may say some crazy off the wall stuff, but he's always been loyal to me. So I'll let him come preach. Well, that's, that's no standard to live by. That's Mm. no, that's no nothing to put out there and be like, well, because he's always been my friend, Mm. I'm going to accept his error and what he's preaching, what he's saying. That's so damaging to circles or or church bodies in the circles that they're in. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I'm not going to say those guys don't, get the clear message out that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died for our sins, that he was buried. He rose on the third day. I've never questioned those guys in those matters. I don't, I don't know them well enough. And I I mean, I don't hear a ton of it in their preaching, but you know, I'm not going to go around and call them out and say they're heretics and things like that. I only can hear when they're making up stuff, you know, preaching the American Christianity, the, all that stuff that goes along with that, you know, that is not the focus of being a Christian. Being American has nothing to do with being a Christian. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh God, he's not a patriot. But I mean, <laughs> I, I love my country. I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Yeah. But I don't go to church on Sundays to hear about America. I mean, if I want to do that, I'd watch Fox News, bless God, because that's hey, what a Republican man. does. Hey, Amen. Somebody help me right there. So, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? You can go to a you can go to a camp meeting or revival, and a man could get up there and expound their book. Ephesians, one chapter, just go through verse by verse for four nights, and it'll be dead as you know what, dead as doornail, whatever. And then some trio come in there and sing some song about the blood, and everybody go nuts for the whole night, and they thank God for him moving in. Well, that's just their shallow their shallow understanding of the Scriptures. Ooh, yeah. I mean, they don't have anything to do with what God did. I mean, I think you can worship on both ends. I'm not criticizing just one thing. I think we have a lot of, that was a really broad answer to your question, but I think, you know, I would love for people to seek truth. Let's Mm -hmm. say that. That that would be my totality of the answer. Don't settle for just what somebody tells you. I mean, you can question what the preacher says and not disrespecting. You can hear, you can hear something said in there like, oh, we had 3,000 people online today. Well, uh, not according to the analytics on Facebook. I mean, you know, you don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that's a small thing, but he may say something off the wall scripturally. You don't have to get up and stand up in the church and disrespect him, but could you not just ask him, can you, preacher, can you show me this? Mm. How is this true? I mean, I love you. You're my man of God. You're my preacher. But can you explain to me what this, what you said? You know, if he runs you off and tells you you shouldn't be disrespecting, then you're in the wrong place anyway, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So this has been a great episode here with the loving pastor, and I think it would only be fitting as we close out this episode to just hear the Piggly Wiggly Revival theme song. How about that? 
Can I get some playing out music, please, while we close out? Hey, we want to thank our sponsors here at the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Free Life Soap, we thank them for sponsoring us. We thank J Radio for letting us use the J Radio Studios. Well, Nathan, using the J Radio Studios. Me and Brian, we're, we're wrapping it up here on the Zoom, man. It's great. It's nice up in here, fellas. No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also want to thank podlife.house for uh, being here and we want to thank all of the anon accounts that have been on with us this october from fake sermon to northwest to wrestling pastor lloyd legalist and the loving pastor thanks for being on with us and uh it's just been a great great month and so it hasn't helped curb any of the thoughts that brian is fake sermon but who cares it's as exciting it's not but we'll just keep that going so and of course we want to thank all of our patrons of patreon y'all are incredible and i keep this podcast on the air every week so thank you patrons of patreon you can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org click on the tab patreon and become one today all right hey it's been a great episode and uh, we'll see you back here next week be sweet peace Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.